Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to Top 5 from The Ray Taylor Show, where each week I rank movies in a variety of categories, from franchise to subgenre, from directors and actors. No film is left unwatched as I break down my top five picks. Join me every Sunday for new episodes and get ready to dive into the world of film with top five from The Ray Taylor Show. In this episode, I am ranking, counting down my top five films from Yorgos Lanthimos. He is a Greek filmmaker known for his unique style of filmmaking, which is characterized by dark humor, unconventional storytelling, uh, and a distinct visual aesthetic. His movies often have a surreal and dystopian quality with characters who are detached and emotionally stunted. Uh, Lanthimos's films are often described as weird or uncom- uh, uncomfortable, which I highly agree with, uh, but they are also deeply thought-provoking and visually stunning. Lanthimos's movies typically explore themes related to human relationships, power dynamics, and social norms. His characters are often trapped in oppressive systems or struggle to find meaning in their lives. They may also be subject to extreme forms of punishment or control, often by authoritarian figures or institutions. So, with that said, I was only able to watch five of his films. He has seven films in total. Uh, two of his, his first two films I was not able to get access to. So, and from what I've seen, they're not rated that well, so I didn't feel that bad uh, not being able to watch them. But if you have seen them uh, and you disagree and you think I should reconsider these films uh, for this list, please let me know. Uh, Those films specifically, let me see if I can pull that up real quick, um, is O Caliatros Moi Filos. I don't know what that translates to in English. And the other one is Kaneta. Those two films were not available for me to watch anywhere, whereas the other ones I found access to. So this is my top five. Your Yorgos Lanthimos, one of the most epic names in filmmaking as well. Uh, inst- inst- aside from with Cosmatos, there's another guy who's got a Cosmatos uh, type of a thing. Very interesting. Did Mandy. Uh, and one of the things in the uh, the Cabinet of Curiosities uh, series on Netflix. Uh, but Yorgos Lanthimos is the director I'm talking about, writer-director I'm talking about, which all of these films he also wrote, except for one he was only the director for. And it kind of stands out, but I'll talk about that when I get to that. So, let's get it started with my top five Yorgos Lanthimos films. Starting off with number five, this movie is, as all of them are, very weird. Uh, very much the dialogue in most of his films is very flat, very robotic, almost childlike in some instances. Uh, but this movie is interesting, always an interesting premise for all of his movies. And this one is no different. This one is the 2011 movie Alps. It is a psychological drama directed by Yorgos Lanthimos. This film follows a group known as alps quote-unquote alps they call them that because it is a mountain range that could never replace never be replaced by another mountain range which is very interesting 
because these people offer their services as stand-ins for recently deceased uh, to their grieving relatives uh, for a fee. So they get hired. They pretend to be your dead daughter. Uh, so you can help grieve, help with the grieving process, which makes it very, very interesting premise, uh, but very weird as well. The story revolves around a young female tennis player who is involved in a serious car crash. Uh, the ambulance driver recruits one of the assisting nurses into the group who becomes attached uh, to the tennis player, even encouraging herself uh, that she will recover from this massive injury, from this accident. Uh, the film also explores themes of grief, loss, identity, obviously, as you're playing other people, pretending to be other people that no longer exist. You are taking their identity uh, in many ways and often strange ways people cope with loss. It is characterized uh, with his Lanthimos's signature style of deadpan humor, surrealism and unconventional storytelling. Um, so far, it's, it's a movie that is pretty slow, which is one of the downsides, I would say, to some of Lanthimos's films, that there is a pacing, not only the dialogue being very flat and being very monotone, there's very little expressiveness in the acting and performances from the actors, no matter how good the actors are, there's kind of this, just kind of, just single note kind of robotic way in which the lines are delivered um and this one is very similar and part of the pacing for a lot of these movies is it it, it all tonally makes it very like kind of very one note tonally even so when weird things happen it is really just the events themselves that kind of in any way kind of change momentum of of the storytelling but this movie slow not sure what it was about for a lot of it was kind of confusing but ultimately interesting story but you know not enough really for me to enjoy this is definitely my least favorite of the five that i saw that is why it is here at number five whereas the the next four that are on my list i enjoyed just enjoyed at different levels uh but this was my least favorite alps interesting premise kind of slow it's it's tough for his style of filmmaking and his style of dialogue and writing to really get your hand just really like kind of get invested uh but he is able to do it somehow with his other films this one just didn't didn't make didn't fit for me and it is one of two films that is in uh, subtitles it is non-english so possibly having to read the subtitles uh maybe contributed to the reason why it is at number five why maybe i was confused maybe i missed some dialogue within it always possible i'm willing to accept fault for not getting into a movie as much as i maybe should have or should should have been expected to but anyway coming in number five is alps moving on to my fourth favorite yorgos lanthimos film this is a movie that I I think it may have been the first Yorgos Lanthimos film that I had ever watched. It is so interesting. One of multiple times this director has teamed up with uh, the same actor, same couple of the same actors, uh, Colin Farrell and Rachel Weisz, both appearing in this film. 
Uh, and this is a great film, and I was actually kind of surprised that it's down at number four after watching it. I actually liked the other films more. But coming in at number four, my fourth favorite Yorgos Lanthimos film is The Lobster. This movie came out in 2015. It is an absurdist black comedy drama film directed by Yorgos Lanthimos. It stars Colin Farrell, Rachel Weisz, Jessica Barden, uh, Olivia Coleman, and others. Uh, the film is set in a hotel where single people have 45 days to find a partner or they are turned into an animal of their choice. So already, right off the bat, such an interesting, almost Black Mirror-ish in a lot of ways, some of these movies. Uh, but all of his movies have these very unique, creative like premises that I find the, by far the most interesting. And then how he feel, fills them with these deadpan performances is kind of, it's, it's kind of a very unique style that he has. So interesting thing, 45 days locked in a hotel, have to choose a partner, have to get married and find somebody or else you get turned into an animal. And in this reality, that's where animals come from. <laughs> and People who choose, like, the reason why there's so many cats and dogs everywhere is because so many people who don't find partners end up choosing to be a cat or a dog. It's just a popular choice, uh, and that is why they exist. Uh, also, in this hotel, masturbation is banned, but sexual stimulation by a hotel maid is mandatory, uh, and guests attend dances and watch propaganda skits uh, about the advantages of partnership, which the skits are hilarious. Uh, like one is like eating dinner single and the guy just like chokes and dies eating dinner in a partnership and his partner saves his life. Uh, very funny little skits that they do adding to the overall humor of this movie. Residents can extend their deadline so they can get more than 45 days by hunting and tranquilizing single people that try to escape. And run into the forest and try to live in the forest outside of this hotel, right? So, if you haven't found somebody yet, the the siren goes off and everybody gets their tranquilizer gun and heads out for the hunt to try and capture single people that are trying to escape. Um, David, the protagonist of this film, develops a relationship with a cruel woman who later kills his brother, leading to him escaping and joining a group of people of loners in the woods who forbid him from any kind of romance, right? So even when you're quote-unquote free, they still have these crazy rules. They go completely the other direction, where it's like if you're in there, you're forced to get in a relationship within 45 days, assuming you don't catch anybody. And if you escape and live with these loners outside, you are forbidden with connecting with anybody. Just insane. Uh, and David, who is short-sighted, uh, begins a secret relationship with a woman who is also short-sighted. And it is a theme in this film where people who have weird things in common assume that that is a sign that they should be together. One guy decides to give himself, actively give himself bloody noses so that he has that in common with this woman he wants to partner with who gets them on her own, and he fraudulently does it. It is a funny, interesting aspect to this obsession with getting a partner and having something just in common, as if that is the key to a lasting relationship, right? But overall, the film is a commentary on social pressure to find a partner 
and the absurdity of romantic compatibility, which, you know, whether it's him thinking, you know, trying to get in a relationship with this woman because having the secret relationship, because they're both nearsighted and that's the reason why they should be together. It is just, it is insane. And also just the pressure to be in a relationship is absurd as it is. It's a crazy movie. The reason why this is down at number four, I did enjoy it, but there is a very big difference between the first half of this film where he is inside the hotel and the second half of this film when he gets out. It is just like, it's a lot slower. Like it's, it's just like takes forever once he gets out. Um, and it's surprising how soon he gets out, how much of this movie is still left. Uh, still a lot of funny things like they, these loners in the forest, they will have to celebrate. They will all put on headphones and all have their own little CD players and listen to electronic music because that's the music that is most conducive to dancing alone because they're not allowed to form any partnerships. They only dance to things that you know, would encourage individuality. So there's scenes where they have their headphones on and everybody's just kind of dancing to this music. Like you see the, the headphone kind of discos that, that are exist in the real world. Um, very interesting. John C. Riley. I think that's his name, right? John C. Riley. Why does that sound wrong? Uh, so much fun. Like the way he speaks is. Oh my gosh. Where is this? Um, just his, the way he says words is so different than like the majority of, I don't know why I didn't put him on the, the main list. Let me see here. Colin Farrell, John C. Riley. Yeah, that's right. Um, like he has such a unique voice in general, which is so like it's interesting to hear him deliver the very flat type of dialogue that Yorgos Lanthimos movies have. Um, he's not in a big part of the movie; he's more in the hotel part. But fun to see him in it. Colin Farrell is. It's always interesting to see Colin Farrell in these movies as well. I enjoy Colin Farrell; he's great and everything. But uh, definitely a funny movie. I enjoyed the first part of the lobster more than the second part but still an interesting movie and just so unique and uh but anyway coming at number four is the lobster let's take a quick break right now to talk about are you a fan of original artwork and live events look no further than the many faces series by ray taylor and the weekly live stream over at youtube.com slash inspired disorder this ongoing series explores the endless possibilities of the human face through abstract ink paintings on paper, capturing unique expressions of emotion, mood, tone, and energy in just a few minimal features. Join me every Thursday at 4.20 Pacific Time as I paint live. Follow the Many Faces series and discover the endless possibilities of the human face. Don't miss out on this opportunity to be part of the action and own a piece of original artwork by me, Ray Taylor. Head to youtube.com slash inspired disorder every Thursday to catch the live stream and visit inspireddisorder.com to browse and purchase the Many Faces artwork. And now let's get back to the show. 
Moving on to my third favorite Yorgos Lanthimos film. This is a movie I had watched before at some point in the past. Totally forgot about it. Was so weird when I first started watching this again. I was like, oh, this is that movie. And it's like, it's such a crazy movie, such an interesting premise, as all of his movies are. Uh, but this is one of his earlier films, one of the only other films that I saw that was uh, not in English, that had subtitles, was not an issue at all, was right along, sucked into this weird story, uh, just like all the other movies. And that's why it's coming at number three. This one, just it, it's I enjoyed it from start to finish. It is so weird, so interesting, and the, the, the ideas and themes that it brings up are so, I would say, kind of important and present in today's culture, especially in America. And I'll get into that when I talk about it. So coming in at number three, my third favorite Yorgos Lanthimos film is Dogtooth. This movie came out in 2009, another uh, psychological drama, right? This is a film about a husband and wife who keep their three adult children isolated from the outside world. Like, they do not, they're not allowed to get off the compound. Uh, the children have no knowledge of the world outside of their property and are taught bizarre and incorrect definitions of common words and concepts. Like, this movie starts off with them listening to a recording of their dad talking about saying a word and giving the definition of the word. At one point, one of the kids finds out about the word pussy and asks them while eating dinner, not knowing what the word is, hey, parent, hey, and these are like 20-year-old kids, what does pussy mean? And they're like, oh, it's a large chandelier. Uh, there's another thing where uh, they refer to their vagina as a keyboard. And that's what they were told that word is for that part. And they're like, oh, I'd like you to lick my keyboard. It is. And if you didn't catch that in the beginning of the film, that they are taught the wrong definitions for a lot of words, then when they go to speak and it's translated in the subtitles, it could easily be super confusing if you're not, if you didn't catch that. Because when they start saying words that aren't there, you. In context, you know what they're talking about, but it just sounds like it just looks like the whoever made the subtitles for the movie got it wrong. But anyway, so they're taught incorrect definitions for words and concepts. The parents reward good behavior with stickers and they punish bad behavior with violence. Uh, it's you know, it is it is very much like how it is. It's crazy. This movie, uh, the father pays a woman to come to the house to have sex with his son, right? His son is in his 20s. And in order to, you know, just help him do his thing, he hires this woman who's like a security guard at the place this guy works, right? The oldest daughter trades sexual favors with this same woman in exchange for hair gel, uh, like a hair, t a hair tie type of the thing, and also videos, movies, actual Hollywood movies uh, and uh, they get it's so funny like it's clear they watch Rocky and they watch Jaws and to see them in re reenact as kids would uh, these scenes especially her like getting punched and blood flying out of her face it's hilarious 
The father uses a fake cat attack to scare the kids, scare the children, and keep them under his control. Right? There's a cat shows up one day, and in order to just use that event, and the son kills it, in order to use that event to further scare them from leaving, the dad like tears his clothes and pours like fake blood all of them as if he had got attacked by this cat. That that's why you can't leave. You can't. The times where anybody steps foot off the property, they have to be inside the car. Like even when a a toy plane that they think the planes that fly in the sky over their property are little toys, and sometimes they fall out of the sky. And they know that because their parents have thrown little toys, little airplane toys, on the, the grass in their yard. And they go get it. And their toys, like, oh, that's the thing that was up there. And they just think they're tiny things. One, one day, one of them threw it off of the compound. And the dad had to get in the car, drive a couple feet off the property, get out of the door, pick it up. Here's your plane back, son. And these are, like, 20-year-old kids, which makes it, like, so crazy. Right? This could almost be a Saturday Night Live sketch but the fact that they play it so real, it really feels more like a lot of parents who homeschool their kids and groom them to be white nationalists, to be Nazis, to be racist, to be like to not believe in science. To And it shows just how like easy it can be in some ways to manipulate somebody. It's insane. Um the father forces the son to choose because they this person that they lot it because she like gives them movies which they're not allowed to have he the father no longer brings that woman to have sex with her son so now he has to choose which sister so it gets incestuous in this in this uh movie as well and the oldest daughter, in an effort to escape, they have a rule where if your dog tooth, your canine, falls out, then that means you're old enough to like, be able to learn how to drive, I think. And if it grows back in, then that means you're able to leave, which obviously they've already lost their teeth. They're not losing their teeth. But she, because this is the rule, ends up knocking her tooth out. And it's pretty brutal. right? In order to get off the compound right and the movie in a whole commentary on the dangers of extreme parenting controlling your kids and you know grooming your kids indoctrinating your kids into wild beliefs that you know if you don't know any better it's for some people like you see people i've known people who grew up mormon and later left the church and it is absolutely amazing how like naive they can be in the real world how they are just completely oblivious to what actually happens in the real world in a lot of situations but anyway it brings up extreme parenting control and the power of language and indoctrination which we're definitely seeing in this country obviously we live in a time where people are fraudulently labeling people as groomers as as if this is happening in schools where the real danger is these parents that decide to homeschool their kids in order to teach them these fictional tales that they grew up in instead of learning actual history instead of learning actual science um so it's kind of interesting to see those themes in this film but in a completely different context 
Anyway, so number three, my third favorite Yorgos Lanthimos film is Dogtooth. Was surprised that, that I enjoyed that more than The Lobster. Anyway, moving on to my second, my second favorite Yorgos Lanthimos film. This is a movie that I hadn't seen until watching these movies. Uh, this is one of the more recent ones. Um, and a movie that uh, I really enjoyed. And it's one of those movies that he teams up again with Colin Farrell. Uh, it's very unique, interesting story. Also, we get to see another actress that I haven't seen in a long time. We get to see an actor that is a young actor who is kind of on the rise, as we see. Uh, so coming in at number two, my second favorite Yorgos Lanthimos film is Killing of a Sacred Deer. This came out in 2017. Another psychological horror thriller type of a movie starring Colin Farrell, uh, Stephen Murphy. And he's uh, Colin Farrell as Stephen Murphy, uh, who's a successful surgeon uh, who befriends a teenage boy named Martin, played by Barry Kugan, somebody who I've talked about recently, uh, some up and comer, great in uh, The Banshees of Inishirin. Great movie. Also great in uh, that one movie by that one guy. Blanking on it. Barry Kugan, great guy. So Martin becomes increasingly invasive in Stephen's life and eventually reveals that he has is seeking revenge uh, for a past tragedy involving Stephen and his family. Martin tells Stephen that one of his family members must be sacrificed in order to balance the scales of justice and prevent a deadly curse from taking effect, which I kind of enjoy the curse aspect of it, was not expecting that. Obviously, his relationship with this guy, like he just shows up at the hospital, and it's like, why? what is their thing? And you find out, like, oh, his dad died, and he was the doctor that was kind of working on him before he died, and so he blames him in a lot of ways. It also, Stephen's wife, played by Nicole Kidman, haven't seen her in a lot of stuff lately. Recently, The Northman, she was great in, great in this as well. She plays Stephen's wife. Uh, she becomes increasingly disturbed by the situation and begins to question her husband's actions and motivations. Uh, the film features uh, Lanthimos's signature use of deadpan dialogue, uh, very surreal, unsettling imagery as well. Opens with an open heart surgery. Very, I mean, he's a he's a cardiac surgeon, so makes sense but definitely visually uh kind of uh disturbing uh the title of the film is uh in reference to an ancient greek tragedy in which a king is punished by the gods for killing a sacred deer uh the title killing of sacred deer explores explores uh themes of revenge justice and the morality of sacrifice and is considered one of the most disturbing and thought-provoking films of recent years. I enjoyed it. It is like an interesting premise, as all of Yorgos Lanthimos stuff is. It is where this movie goes. I enjoy, like, I enjoy that it's a movie that lives in a world where a curse like this can happen. And to see what happens to the kids when this curse starts to take effect, and having Colin Farrell's character have to try and decide who he's going to sacrifice in order to balance the scales. It is crazy. The scene where he's blindfolded in the middle of his living room doing circles with a rifle in hand is absolutely uh, intense and terrifying. Uh, so coming in at number two is killing of a sacred deer. 
Let's take a quick break from this episode to talk about attention, attention. All, all Ray, Ray Taylor, Taylor Show, Show fans. fans. We're excited to announce we've just released a line of exclusive merchandise featuring original artwork inspired by the show. Our high quality shirts and biodegradable phone cases are a perfect way to show your support for the show and make a great gift for any fan. Plus, with each purchase, you'll be helping us continue to bring you great content. So don't wait, head on over to inspiredisorder.com now and check out the full collection. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll show your support by grabbing some Ray Taylor Show merchandise today. And now, let's get back to the show. Moving on to my favorite Yorgos Lanthimos film, this is a movie that I watched for the first time in theaters when it came out a few years ago. It is a movie that I really didn't even like when it came out in theaters. And yet, when I watched it the second time, probably partially because I am so got so used to just the vibe of Yorgos Lanthimos, and because this movie is in many ways different than a lot of his films, uh, is sitting here at number one. Something I never thought I would do until I rewatched this movie. I did not expect this movie to be at the top spot of my favorite Yorgos Lanthimos films. So coming in at number one, my favorite Yorgos Lanthimos films blew me away is The Favorite. This came out in 2018. It is a period piece, dark comedy again. Uh, this film is set in the early 18th century and explores the power struggles and intrigue within the court of Queen Anne of England. Queen Anne is played by Olivia Colman. Amazing performance by her amazing performance uh and she won an academy award for her performance in the film the two main characters who are vying for the queen's favor are sarah churchill played by rachel weiss awesome to see her in another film of his and abigail mashman or masham who's played by emma stone she is amazing in this film as well uh both women are competing to be the queen's confidant and advisor as well as gain political power and influence the dark humor and biting satire of this of the uh british are aristocy aristocracy 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 uh visually stunning the cinematography in this movie and costume design but the cinematography super wide angle like every the all the interiors of this palace that she lives in like super high ceilings super gorgeous textiles that are just like just on every single surface of the wall and the the wide angle that is used in this to great effect really shows how absolutely gigantic these places are especially the interiors of these places amazing costume design is amazing as well and of course it has his signature style of dark comedy uh, and unusual storytelling methods, uh, definitely, but doesn't have his dialogue and doesn't have necessarily the performances, which is why I like this movie more. Uh, it doesn't have the very flat delivery of the dialogue and the dialogue isn't written as if almost all of his movies feel like they are movies written by the kids in Dogtooth. Like, in my mind, like, the kids who existed in the movie Dogtooth escaped, or at least that one daughter, she escaped, right? And she didn't die in the trunk. And she went on to write stories for movies, right? Her watching Jaws and Rocky inspired her to go to Hollywood and become a screenwriter. And because she had such an interesting thing and a childlike nature about her, wrote all of these movies that Yorgos Lanthimos later directed. That is, like, my 
story for why all of his movies have that very childlike robotic type of a delivery which this movie doesn't have which is one of the reasons why i enjoy it still has a very unique style of story the cinematography i enjoy what he brings to this movie but i'm glad that it doesn't have that writing and performance style that is present in all of his movies other movies so i enjoy when he directs something that he didn't write which is the case for this movie um so i appreciate that and the film the themes that this film explores uh themes of power manipulation uh, sexuality also and offers a fresh and subversive take on the traditional period drama especially for this it's great this is such a great movie i'm so glad i revisited it i have a completely different perspective on this film now completely love it it was amazing so good so good so funny so just like it brings you in unlike all of his other films so easily number one yorgos lanthimos my favorite yorgos lanthimos film is the favorite uh honorable mentions obviously didn't get to watch the other two films of his they weren't available uh so if you have seen them and you like them and maybe you think i would like them let me know and i will try and track them down somehow uh but let's recap the list and get out of here shall we this is my top five Yorgos Lanthimos films. Starting off with number five is Alps. Number four is The Lobster. Number three is Dogtooth. Number two is Killing of a Sacred Deer. And my number one favorite Yorgos Lanthimos film is The Favorite. That is my list of Yorgos Lanthimos films. I'm excited to see what he does next, especially if he directs something that he didn't write. But I want to thank everybody for tuning in to this episode of Top 5 from The Ray Taylor Show. I hope you enjoyed my thoughts uh, and my rankings and analysis of my favorite Yorgos Lanthimos films. Let me know how you would rank the films. If you would change the order, add a new movie that I hadn't seen. Uh, and uh, don't forget to tune in next Sunday for an all-new episode and join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube if you're watching this, youtube.com slash inspireddisorder. See you again next week for more Top 5. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at inspireddisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.